from the Jack Lagoon. Ladies and ducklings, this is the Jack Lagoon. I am Jack from the Jack Lagoon. Um, I've been mulling over how I want these opening bits to go. I know this is how every monologue... I want to be careful with the word monologue. I know this is how every opening bit starts. It's like, what the fuck? What am I doing? What am I doing with this? But um, <clears throat> what I truthfully feel about these... Are that I want them to be, um, f and it, there's enough filler content. There's enough goofy content on the internet. Uh, everybody is doing silliness. Everybody on the internet is doing something that, um, you know, they think is funny that only they think is funny or, you know, the people that are finding success, I guess, aren't the only people that think it's funny, but you know, they're doing shit that only they think is funny. And then, Hey, turns out other people think it's funny. Um, but I wanted to kind of use this platform. You know, I've got I've got this podcast. I've got a I'll be at a small audience, but an, an audience nonetheless. And um, you know, I don't want to just feed them more bullshit. Uh, they've got enough of that. They've they've got social media accounts. Um, you know, you all have enough filler content. What I want to do is give you some nutrition, something you can take from every day, something that makes you a better person. Um, because you know, with this platform, there's a, there's a certain responsibility. And I'm responsible for the content I put out. Um, the content, again, that I want to be something that you all can um, grow from, share, bring more goodness into the world, and less, less bullshit, less filler. So what I want to get into today, what I want to share with all of you, is how to skin a bunny and turn it into a mask for your loved ones, for your nieces, your nephews, your friends, your loved ones, your your lover, uh, and and give them a chance to wear somebody else's skin instead of their own. So um, a couple steps here. We're going to start with step one, of course. You want to get out a, uh, a trash bag, perhaps some newspaper or a towel, you know, something to lay down to catch the uh, catch the mess. Because uh, <laughs> Lord knows there's going to be a mess. Um, although I will say it's maybe not as much as you might think. It's still not something you want to get on your, uh, you know, your kitchen table or your bed, wherever you're, wherever you're doing this. Truth be told, you don't need that much of a surface. You just need kind of a place to sh uh, put your shit on. So I'm using a trash bag. I found trash bags to be the best. They don't uh, stuff sops through towels or newspapers. Let's be real. This, this kind of catches everything. It does, um, you know, depending on how you use it, you might be able to just close the bag and. It's, it's done. Done and over with. Um, but So I like the trash bags. I'm using a trash bag. Step two here. Um, you're going to want to get your bunny out of the fridge. Now, rookie mistake here. Uh, rookie mistake here. You don't want to leave it in the freezer. Um, the freezer is... It'll make the bunny brittle. And you don't want a brittle hide. That, you know, that tears in places you don't necessarily want it to. Uh, it's not... 
you know, once you get your bunny, you want to get this done pretty quick. Um, they go bad pretty soon. So what we want to do is uh, just kind of get it down on the table there. Get your battle station ready. Have your knife. Uh, of course, you're going to need a knife. Sometimes you can use a pair of scissors if you've got a really boss-ass pair of scissors. But uh, typically, I like using my knife. My trusty uh, buck knife. We're not sponsored, of course. I feel the need to um, distance myself from the buck brand here. But so now we've got, let's paint the picture. Let's get caught up. Let's make sure we're all on the same page. Got a table. Got a bunny. Got a knife. And got a beer. Uh, so that's an important part. Um, I'm enjoying a nice, uh, nice Obron. Mm -hmm. Just so you know, I'm serious. Now, before we get started, uh, it's important, at least to me now, to each their own, right? But it, it, for me, one thing I like to do before this practice is connect back to the bunny and say a little prayer. So join me, fold your hands together, um, you know, put them in front of your heart and uh, focus your energy. It's still there. Uh, God damn it. Anyway, focus your energy and um, to whom it may concern. Uh, thank you for this lovely bunny and the opportunity to skin it and, and let its parts live on uh, through my niece and nephew or my friend Luke's baby. Um, you know, I, I do love the bunny and the, my, my friends very much. So to see them joined spiritually as one uh, is going to be such a such a beautiful gift to me. Uh, in your name, I pray, whoever. Thank you. So step three here, we want to cut a little notch in the hide. Now we're going to go neck to um, neck to tail. So we want to just cut a little one in there. Make sure you get all the way around. Oh, you want a sharp knife, by the way. Dull knives are not conducive to uh, uh, cutting hides. So uh, make a little notch. You want to do that towards the uh, towards the top of the bunny and and just kind of get a good grip on there and rip it down. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. Perfect. So you're going to want to make an incision. Um, you're going to make sure. Let's, hang on. Let's stop. You're definitely going to want to make sure you're not wearing your good clothes. Okay. It's skin and bunny clothes. Uh, these are painting, painting jeans. These are old, old pairs of shorts, um, t-shirts you got from marathons or leftover from school. Uh, this is a sweatshirt that you've had for th 13 years. This is not a uh, work clothes. This is not a uh, nice craft. Um, you want to take your knife. You want to make your incision towards the head, kind of at the neck area. Uh, kind of cut in there. Make a uh, make a kind of a uh, okay. Make kind of a small incision here, but you're gonna want to kind of stretch at least halfway around the bunny. Flip it over. Do it on the same side uh, or on the other side. I'm sorry. Kind of on opposite. Now you've got two incisions on each side. You're going to kind of grab both of them, kind of around the side of the bunny, and rip down. So, okay, hold on. We got to, it's stuck here. Okay, all right. So, all right. So now you've got what looks like, uh, we'll say, the loading bar on a computer or the battery on your cell phone. So you've got the yellow part. And then you've got the gray part, uh, the yellow part being the skin of the bunny and the gray part being the rest of the bunny, the inside of the bunny, if you will. 
Um, now here we, we're gonna, here's where it gets a little tricky, because we got extremities. We got the tail, we got two legs, two back legs here that we gotta go through. Um, now I want you to, first first things first, the tail, pretty useless, let's be real. Break the tail off. Okay, this tail's sticking. How are we gonna, man strength, okay. Okay, you got the tail. Let me just pitch that, honestly. Um, now, what we do have here now are the two legs. Um, now, for let's let's say let's stick to it. We're making this for our niece and nephew, right? Uh, what do kids like more than keychains for some fucking reason? So, um, what we have here is the opportunity for two lucky rabbit's feet, right? Um, two homemade from their uncle, from their aunt, perhaps. I, hey, I don't know. I don't know who's listening to this. Um, you're going to break those off at the kneecaps, okay? So you're going to go kind of, um, oh, how do you say, against against where it moves? You want to go counterintuitive to where the knee goes. You're going to bend the knee backwards, basically. So you're going to put your your thumbs on the, uh, on the, on the kneecap there and kind of bend. Okay, that's one. Another one down here. Other. Now you got your niece and your nephew. No wasted parts. There you go. That's the good one. That's what we're looking for. So now you've got two different uh, two different rabbits' feet here, um, and the the skin of the bunny uh, is ready to just kind of be really just finished off. So okay, all right. So that one. Ooh, okay. Oh, it stinks. Oh, God. That's a smell you never get used to. Let me tell you what. <clears throat> God damn it. Okay. So now we've got uh, essentially what looks like um, kind of a, a sock with no toes, if you will. Kind of a full tubular kind of hide here. So you want to cut it down the middle because we want this to be a one-dimensional. Nobody can fit in the fit their head in a tube of a bunny, so... Kind of, I'm gonna cut down the side with your handy dandy buck knife. Okay, got it. And just kind of rip it down the side because you want it to be again flat. Okay. Okay. So now we have what looks like a big, uh, just a pelt, really. It's a pelt. It's like what you grew up. Uh, you studied native Indiana uh, Indians. Growing up in fourth grade, this looks like one of those pelts that you made with the marsh bags. I'm speaking regionally, of course. Shout out to my uh, my fans out there in California. How you doing? Um, so, okay. Now, how do we turn this pelt into a mask? Really simple. It's, it's way simpler than you think. You can make eyes holes, eyes hole, eye holes, and a mouth hole. So you're going to cut a hole. You're going to punch your shit through. Cut it. And then just kind of cut and just circular circular motion around it so it has to um well make them an eye hole instead of just an eye slit god damn it i think by now i'd be better at this right all the fucking bunnies are god go okay good Whew. <laughs> that was a Tricky bunny. Um, <laughs> sometimes God doesn't make them for you. I'll tell you what. Okay. Ooh, shit. 
Went too far. That's okay. That's okay. She'll like it. It's with these things. It's the thought that counts. It doesn't need to look like a face. It's not going to look like a face. Cause this is just, this is bunny hair. Um, you know, they say it's the thought that counts when they see all the work that went into taking the bunny out of this mask to shape the mask, to make it fit for their head. Um, I think they'll appreciate it. If not, you know, they'll, they'll love you for it. Now you want to make sure these eyes are probably about halfway up the head because again, you know, the human eye, when you measure it out, it's, the eyes are about halfway down the head when you consider the forehead. You don't want to leave too much forehead exposed. Um, and then the space between both eyes, you want to do an, another eye, just like that one. I won't walk you through it. This doesn't have to be in a monotonous podcast. But you want to space out about um, an index finger's worth. If they're smaller, you might want to adjust maybe a pinky between between the eye and the mouth there. You're going to want to cut a hole about twice the size of the eyes and Saw really just saw it, honestly. Okay. Okay, just kind of. So then you're gonna end up with um kind of a flappy part, um, and then just rip, fin finish that off. Okay. So we're gonna just throw that down there. That's trash. You don't need that. Unless you you don't have a use for it, you might use it as like a mouse pad for your your computer, or like I don't know, I don't know what you need. Um, you got a little extra part there. Honestly, the rest of this bunny um, you can just throw out. But what you got now is um, it's a bunny hide with two eye holes and a mouth hole. Again, this is good for sharing with your loved ones, wearing yourself around the house if you don't want to feel like yourself. Um, taking the power of the bunny, using that with you. Um, this is good for protests, concerts, large festivals, just going to the mall, really. Um, you know, I know some sometimes people like to strap these to their face. Generally, I find that, you know, the dried skin on the inside of the pelt um, provides a nice friction that it kind of doesn't fall unless you're being rowdy and rambunctious. If, if you know, if you're giving this to a rowdy, rambunctious nephew, um, I found that... Uh, you know, headbands, rubber bands, uh, twine gives it more of a kind of an earthy feel. And I think a lot of times that's, that's kind of what we're going for. So you want to puncture two holes on uh, opposite ends there, probably a little bit you know, really at eye level at the edge of the mask. And, um, just kind of run your, 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 your fastener on the edge there and um, stick it through there and tie a little knot. That shouldn't come through. If it is, it's an easy fix. Um, but okay, so here we want to clean up. That's an important step here. Um, you just kind of wrap your shit up in the trash bag, the newspaper. Oh, 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 shit. Shit. Okay, see, this is... Okay, so I messed up. We're going to want to bring paper towels initially. Uh, this is why you don't wear good clothes. God damn it. All right, I got to clean up. We're going to wrap this up. Step 12, uh, mail the shit to the president. Everybody mail a fucking bunny mask to the president. Fuck your nephew. We're mailing it to the president. Uh, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Washington, D.C. We're giving him a bunny mask. Um, maybe then he won't feel like himself anymore. He can be, god damn it. God damn it, there's so much blood. Okay. Um, well, I got to clean this up, but good thing my guest needs no introduction. Uh, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know him. He's Brian. He was my first guest. He was like my 10th my guest or something last summer. 
you know, when the podcast came back. He's been my first guest twice, basically. He's an Odinist. He's a mercenary. He's a U.S. soldier. He's my friend. Ladies and sewer people, put your hands together for your friend and mine, Mr. Brian. So, how's that? I mean, where are you at with the army now? Where am I at? Yeah, what's, I mean, like, uh, you know, in terms of a role. Oh, excuse me. How about, would you like a communion? What? Would you like a communion square? So weird. <laughs> you don't have to. Is that like honestly what that is? <laughs> yeah. Why did you just have a cup of them? Uh, well, we um, I don't, I don't know if you remember the family Christian stores were going out of business. Uh huh. So I just peeped in. Wonder what I can find in here. And that was like the cheapest thing. It was like a three dollar box of communion square. They're they're super stale. That's actually kind of cool i, I kind of want to eat one ironically but it's, yeah that's what i'm doing it's in a jesus shaves mug man it's up to you Ugh. i don't, I don't <laughs> know how i feel about that <laughs> that's awfully respectful it's like a philosophical debate in my head now like hmm should i or should i not well walk me through it all right hmm. should you should you What's the argument for it? Argument for it, uh, almost entirely irony's mm-hmm. sake. I mean, silliness. The the irony is just it's too delicious. Yeah. I mean, just eating <laughs> this. You could have two quote unquote holy wafer out of just a regular ass mug, just randomly. But at the same time, like mm, a, a tiny part of me wants to be like respectful of all other religious faiths if i want them to be respectful of me so i'm like sure. oh yeah i should probably not do things ironically just to kind of poke fun at them yeah but at the same time there <laughs> but kinda a little fun not super likely to return that favor anyway that's true how do you feel that is how, how do you feel you're received for more kind of um you know western americanized religions uh, or just midwesterners in, in general I think America's a great place because you can look at anyone and, like, no matter what their skin color or what language they're speaking or what religious art, like, items they have on them, you're not going to look at them and be like, oh, that's a foreigner. You're going to be like, oh, that's an American who's probably of foreign birth, but they're still an American. Whereas, like, in other cultures, things are actually a lot more uniform. Mm -hmm. It's, like, less of a melting pot, so... Here in America, I think for the most part it's okay. Like you know, every once in a while you'll encounter everyone. Everyone's encountered that person in their life. Like no matter what kind of path you're on, if any at all, like mm-hmm. everyone has that one Bible pusher friend, like yeah. that Bible thumper. Yeah. Who's like, <laughs> they've just grown up with it. They don't know different, or like maybe they do know different, and for some reason they're still going with that. But, yeah. Well, I guess I mean more along the lines of. Um you know, like initial kind of introductions, um, less like, like I'm sure everybody's ultimately respectful. Yeah. Um, for most part, but what's their, what's kind of the general initial reaction when you kind of introduce your faith? Mm, that's a good one. Um, do you have to explain it? And then oh, usually I have to like, I'm always prepared to launch <laughs> this long in-depth, like step-by-step explanation. I'll like walk them through the process, but 
sometimes I don't have to. I've been surprised recently by mm-hmm. some people having a bit of knowledge beforehand and be like, oh, so you already know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. You know, there's I've I've actually seen a little bit of it in the news in the last year, but it, none of it positive. Have you seen? Well, I guess there was a. I was just doing some reading. Um, did you see you got approved for beards? Oh yeah, in the army? I did see that. Heck yeah, that one. is that is that going to be very? I mean, for me, no, that's not me. <laughs> don't grow facial hair. Is well it going to anyway. be? Would it be easy for you to get approved? Or is that would that be a pain in the ass process that wouldn't? I'm gonna be totally honest. I think whoever like got that approved is kind of full of shit, but like <laughs> at the same time, good for them. You mean like? So on the one hand, there's zero religious need for tie, beard yeah. whatsoever. There's no rule. <laughs> there's no like. There's not even like a suggestion. Yeah. It's not even suggested that you have a beard. <laughs> like there's just. Dude just wanted to not shave, yeah. and he managed to like convince the army. That, yeah, they don't. It's, it seems like one of these religions that they don't know much about to to argue. Be like, well, they don't. shit, if it's They're important to this guy. Um, but would that be a like a a process? EO is generally? really big in the army right now. Like, army's trying to like modify the old culture to the new one. So it's, so it's trying to catch up. So like Sharp is their like sexual assault stuff. Okay. And EO is like their equal opportunity stuff. So EO covers everything from like race to religion to all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So and then Sharp is obviously sexism and stuff like that. So both programs are really, really big and you don't want to be on the wrong side of yeah. either of them, like at all. Sharp sounds like a uh like an aggressive name for that it kind of is but like i don't <laughs> know describe it's like, a it's weapon like an aggressive response that, okay that's fair it is the military yeah yeah so how's i mean how's that process been what's again what's your kind of standing or your role your job your rate me yeah uh, well i'm an infantry infantryman so okay warrior soldier okay the one doing the fighting okay we put it that way um so how long are you back I'm I'm back, for, definitely for a foreseeable future. Anyway. Okay. So where have you been for the last year? Where have I been? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm National Guard, so okay, I'm not uh, active duty, so I don't get posted to a duty station or anything. So mostly, I'm here in Indiana, except when I'm training, and then when I am training, then I'm could be anywhere. Okay. So were you just training in Australia? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why do they ship you out to Australia to do that? Well, it was part of a international war game type deal. <laughs> what does that mean? So we, along with that sounds fun, tons of other units and the Australians, all participating in a big mock exercise. I'm pretty sure it's okay to talk about it now that it's over, mm-hmm. but can't share too many details just in case the <laughs> Russians are listening. Sure, <laughs> that's a real rule, by the way. <laughs> I believe it. I always gotta be watching out for those tricky Russians. Do you have any idea? In theory, how they might find something like this? How they might? Yeah. I mean, I assume Russian just intelligence. look it up on YouTube. I mean, it might be pretty easy, but I don't <laughs> think they're going to find any highly classified secrets here. I'm not sure. exactly privy to that information. Sure. I mean, like, it's, <laughs> of course it'll be online and, and accessible to Russian spies, but to zero in on something that might have some intel... 
Something low key oh, like that. Like something something that might genuinely have some intel, not this. Well, yeah, just some niche YouTube clip that might have something juicy. Oh god. You know, sub two hundred views. Have, like, some kind of algorithm to run through looking for keywords to sort. That's wild. Know, some crazy supercomputer type stuff. Yeah. I, it's strange to me. Maybe it's just that we're on the sort of receiving end of that. Mm-hmm. That we're that they are leading so um they're killing it with this like digital warfare game that you know oh yeah it was brilliant tearing us apart from the inside absolute genius asymmetrical warfare like yeah inspired kind of the first thing in history of its kind yeah an absolutely flawless disinformation campaign yeah i mean no it's it's really mm, i want to be careful with my words but it's something else. It's it's out of this world. Like I in my whole life, I never used social media. Mm-hmm. Never had it. Never once had it. Never once joined. Never once made any account of any kind. I've been a complete internet ghost. Okay. And internet straight edge. In the beginning, I just did that because I thought it was lame. I was mm-hmm. like, "What are you guys doing? You're just sharing all your personal information for people to come stalk you. That's just creepy." I just yeah. didn't like the idea right from the start. And then nowadays, you got these big tech companies with who are basically unfettered. Like, here in America, we've had that big problem of, like, disinformation. Mm-hmm. And, oh, what well, it caused some riots, some, you know, rallies here and there, and then just some just election tension. results, yep. com- yeah. depending on who you talk to. But in other Skewed. countries, like third world countries, like... Facebook is actually responsible for straight up racial violence. Like, really? Oh yeah, there's the big problems in like these third world countries. I've read a bunch of articles about it, like certain ethnic minorities getting riled up at like Facebook fake news stories on Facebook that just get popped up or placed by someone, Jeez. like accusing one group of doing something horrible, and then this big lynch mob gets together and they go attack people. It's amazing that they don't have any foresight to look into it before they just go lynch somebody. Yeah, countries are actually, like, starting to, like, crack down on it because their governments are like, we can't let, like, Facebook just keep doing whatever it wants with zero, like, moderators on what it puts up and what it doesn't. Wouldn't wouldn't it be wild if Facebook just destroyed us from the inside? That's what does it. Completely believe it. It's not some plague. It's not. It's just narcissism. That's, I mean, that's something that I'm kind of ultimately paranoid about not the the plague thing but the sort of the untetheredness of the the big tech companies um they got access to all our stuff i know it's pretty creepy yeah well that's that's the thing is i'll 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 get on my accounts and i've got a pretty strange relationship where i'll i mostly live without them and then i live with them a lot and then i just cut them out um but all my ads are totally geared towards what i'm talking about it's so freaky man they're listening it's all the time oh god it turns me off so much the creepiest thing i think are those new smart homes like the alexas and stuff like that yeah like stuff where you can like auto lock your doors and turn off your lights (laughs) all it takes is like one hacker to like successfully break into that and your life is screwed yeah i mean but doesn't isn't that kind of the same thing with your your data I mean, yeah, absolutely, because, like, you got, like, credit cards and stuff on there, like, mm-hmm. mobile pay and stuff, but 
at least like with that like banks usually like have a protection sort of thing where if they detect like a charge from like some other part of the yeah. state or some other country they'll be like hey was this you and you'll be like no obviously not yeah that's true got a little safety there a little bit a little bit you got your uh I safeguards in remember there Remember reading an article recently where like somebody's alexa system like recorded something like totally private and personal and embarrassing i forget what <laughs> it was and like sent it to like someone else because oh. <laughs> of like wrong voice commands yeah. or something like that and i'm just like oh god why Some... are we so lazy let's just like do things ourselves let me walk five feet and turn on the lights i i finally the other, last week, I think, was Prime Day, and I was looking at a, a dot for a minute um, because it was like I needed a Bluetooth speaker, and it was it was just super cheap. And then so I was like, "Yeah, but it it listens all the fucking time," which obviously freaked me out. And then I realized my phone does that anyway. It's not something I'm escaping from as it is. Kind of true. Yeah, yeah. It's it's unsettling because it feels like it's creeping in, and there's nothing we can do about it. Nothing. It's like the the edges of the screen are going black, and it's creeping into the middle. And just wait, just wait. Give it ten years, we'll have like we'll start getting like cyber like biome like voluntarily. I don't know what the right term is like biometric like fucking enhancements to our bodies mm-hmm. like cyborg guys and shit. I'm sure. It'll be awesome, but then it'll be yeah. terrible. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's Black Mirror. Did you ever pretty watch Black much? Mirror? Yeah. That's I've the best. A couple of it's the fucking it's best. Good. I still have a few left. I um really didn't want to burn through them all. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to just be out. My favorite for sci-fi on Netflix is probably Altered Carbon. What's that? Oh, I loved it. It was so good. It's a, it's a show. The, the premise is sort of like, uh, it's a sort of dystopian future where basically everyone can be immortal because like the human consciousness is like saved on this little mm-hmm. like basically like a flash drive in the back of your neck and then bodies are called like sleeves and you just shed them over okay. and over but like only the richest people can afford to like clone themselves and keep the same one okay otherwise you could be like a five-year-old girl ending up in like an 80-year-old body if that's all they have or something <laughs> that's kind of what the internet is already so it's like a big like class struggle poor versus rich yeah is it the kind of thing where you can you can remove the drive yourself? No. Well, no. You but can't. Because you? you'll be dead. Yeah. You'll, your body will be dead if you're getting your... And then you can't sleep. transfer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Something like that. But it was a really good sci-fi. Very gritty. Is that very recent? Yeah, it's pretty recent. Okay. I'll look into it. Check it out. It's pretty good. What do you think? Are you keeping up with the Star Wars at all? I am. Yeah? Are you a big Star Wars person? I grew up with it. Yeah. I, mean, we all I feel did. like that's how a lot of people but, are. But, like, I, I love the universe, but I do obvi- definitely recognize the flaws in the movies. Mm-hmm. Like, the plot holes, the flaws. They're there, but at the same time, yeah. they're enjoyable. Yeah, they're cute. The good moments make it worth it, I think. Like, mm-hmm. the entire Rogue One movie is worth it for that last Darth Vader scene, which is, like, the greatest Darth Vader scene of all time. Yeah. It, it reminds me a lot of pro wrestling uh we all grew up with it a little bit to some degree i think a lot of it i mean not not as much with pro wrestling it's not nearly as prevalent as star wars but um shit what was my next point i don't know lots of the, the character dynamic of the there's unbeatables there's people that just 
fall down after the first shot. Um, uh, the, I don't know, man. I, a lot of illogical decisions that only really make sense in yeah. a movie. Like yeah. They want to keep the story going a little longer. Yeah, that's a really good. That's a good one. Uh, but the whole like a lot of it's kind of you got to suspend your disbelief. You got to got to let a lot of shit happen yeah. for that last final fictional, fictional universe. Mm-hmm. The biggest problem is that they they just throw away some of their coolest characters. Like everyone's favorite character is like Darth Maul. Yeah, make a mall standalone <laughs> movie. What are you doing? Do you know how much money you'll make? I promise it'll be yeah. like the top grossing film ever. I don't remember. I I didn't keep up with those much. I you know what? To be honest, I never kept up with much of it. Um, I've had a hard time with it, but I remember, uh, you know, sitting in one of the advisors' offices at Ball State, um, going through classes, and he he told me this one about, I think it was, I think it was film and religion, some kind of crossover and it was like, it's probably like but, religion and pop culture class. yeah it was probably that one actually yeah. um but one of the things he kind of brought up and I, I like still haven't been able to shake was kind of the 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 similarities between star wars and, and some of these major judeo-christian religions do you know so there's some sort of jedi is a religion now yeah 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 so do you know much about that uh, not too much other than that. It's kind of in general supposed to be like a following of like the philosophical teachings of right. the Jedi in that fictional universe. And then like with every religion, some people take it too far and become really, really cringy. But exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, just give it time sort of thing and, uh, let it become not, uh, ironic at all. Yeah, Let right it now it's still kind of ironic. I've heard a couple times like people being like, "I'm gonna get Jedi on my dog tags." Yeah, yeah. In the army. Well, that's uh, that's people being goofy though, right? That's yeah. separate from. Usually, that's people being totally facetious and having no idea what the actual movement may or may not stand for. I don't know much about Star Wars. I mean, what what does it stand for? <clears throat> if somebody's to oh, like, kind of <throat> give their life to it, I, I'm not. You know. I don't, I don't want to speak for anyone here because mm-hmm. I'm not super educated on this either, but I mean, based on purely my knowledge of the Star Wars films, I'd say it's like, oh man, I don't even know. I guess uh, they, they're they constantly talking about like balance in the universe, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Like, I suppose probably like behaving nobly. Decent values, yeah. As far as I, I, would, I would think so, and they'd probably have a hard time catching on without decent values. You no, know, probably none of that good old <laughs> enslaving women and children stuff you might find in some other older ones. Yeah, just a few. Not naming any names. Do you think that, uh, at least in the West, that that could still something like that could still catch on? Like Jediism? No, like enslaving women and children. Oh, here in America? Uh-huh. Mm, no. I wouldn't say so. America, at least on a large scale, America's got problems, but we're good overall. It's just the minor the the people who might want that <laughs> are a minority. They just shout louder than everyone yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, like they're a huge minority, but they just shout really, really loud. What about? I mean, what about with the the whole you know linking together online? You know, having a community that's much larger than your own community, and being able to kind of congregate. In larger numbers, 
human beings really like to sort of be divided sometimes into yeah. like everyone loves to be in an us versus them mm -hmm. situation because then you bond more closely with everyone else who you believe is on your team. But really most people for the most part probably have pretty widely varying views. They're just sort of united by a common theme. Right. Maybe. But uh, not being so, alone. Yeah. Social media isn't helpful for that. I think, I think if everyone could just relate like in person and have these in-person connections, it's a lot more hard. It's a lot more difficult to be like a virulent, like starter of shit. If, you're in person you have to like look other people in the eye and have That's like true. an honest conversation with them when you're like online you can just be anonymous and just say whatever hateful thing you want yeah you just, could just well a bot yeah or just There's no be difference a robot. yeah yeah so i guess you know having that be, you know with that being said uh uh are you a, a pineapple on pizza kind of person what do you mean I feel like you're asking that question in a legitimate sense because no. Yeah, not no, I'm not. Um because it's it's one of these questions that I think people get really upset about. They take a hard stance with that. Oh yeah, they'll they'll be and like it's meaningless. You eat pineapple on your pizza, I'll come to your house and burn it to the ground. The it's group like, think why? on that question is insane. I don't know why it's that one is very uh, tense. I think people just love to really like blow things out of proportion. I don't think anyone's serious about that, but at the same time, yeah, I, I definitely get what you mean. No, yeah, like, it's what's well, the whole like liking to be on the team, yeah. A silly question that people get way too up in arms about. Yeah. Like, why do I care if someone else likes pineapple on their pizza? I'm not gonna eat it, but that doesn't mean the, they can't enjoy it. It's the silliest example of that group thing that you're describing. Mm -hmm. Which is yeah. oh man. <laughs> but you're not though? Me? No. Oh, you're crazy. Really. Pineapple uh, on a pizza? That would taste <laughs> weird as hell. Oh, you haven't tried it? No. Nope. Uh, you should try it. All right, I'll give it I'll give it a try. That's fair. Sold. Okay. <laughs> uh, jeez. Uh, so I touched on this earlier. Uh, I didn't really get the chance to talk about it much, but, like, there has been um, some rumblings that I've seen. I haven't seen much of it, but with, with Odinism and then white supremacy... So that's something that the heathen community has always struggled with. Mm -hmm. and it sucked. Well, not always. What it kind of comes back to, uh, in the 1940s, Nazi Germany uh, adopted this hard German nationalist stance, obviously. And they used <laughs> a lot of native, native German iconography, uh, mm -hmm. like symbols, in their sort of really, really fucked up, mashed together Nazi religion of like pagan German ideas with like a Christian German framework and it, it became a horrifying like conglomerate religion like there's books been written on like Heinrich Himmler and mm -hmm. like the Nazi SS and their whole occultism they had like this whole occultic like system of religion and it was really weird it was like one part Arthurian myths, another part Germanic paganism, and another part hardline Christianity. It was all really, did really they, weird. They, did they bring in Crowley? Aleister Crowley? Yeah. I don't I don't think so. No. I think that was I think he was after them. Or did he Maybe I'm thinking of L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, L. Ron Hubbard was Scientology. Yeah, yeah. Well no, no, yeah, I think he might it doesn't matter. Keep going. But um 
ever since then, unfortunately, like white supremacist groups often adopt uh, Germanic pagan symbols. Uh, sometimes they'll even like identify as Odinists themselves, which I mean, maybe they are, maybe they aren't, but they definitely don't represent the broader sure. heathen community. Sure, it's kind of the same thing with like all other religions too, like. Your average Christian person is a good, kind-hearted person who's not going to hurt anyone or anything. Mm -hmm. But then you get these onesies and twosies that are like the absolute worst people yeah. in the universe who end up being a lot louder than the rest and then end up like almost seeming like they represent the thing, which yeah. they don't. So what's the connection been recently? Mm, I'd say probably I, from what I've heard, uh, like... In Europe, for example, mm -hmm. like it happens anytime you introduce like a large influx of immigrants into any group, like okay. with the whole like Syrian refugees and stuff. I know there were some rumblings in like Germany of like resurgent yeah. like, nationalism and stuff like that. That's got to be extra scary in Germany. Got to be, yeah, super scary. But it's it's kind of just like. A reaction to social change it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to blow up into something mm -hmm. bigger but at the it's same inflamed. time yeah, it, yeah it's obviously just it's tension mm -hmm. everyone's kind of uneasy nobody likes like a huge shift in their culture out of nowhere um it's definitely unfortunate when groups sort of appropriate symbols of a, of a religion to like spread like, like my yeah, communion hate and stuff <laughs> like that uh, i'd say that this isn't as hateful yeah that's not it's just silly it's just silly yeah. it's not really so what's the is there a correlation between the, the the kind of structure of the religion itself no not at all there's not one single word in any book any mm -hmm. any poem any ancient song from mm -hmm. norse mythology that contains even a shred of anything relating to like um, people can skew anything bad yeah. apples are everywhere yeah yeah i mean i there's literally not even a single thing that's like the, nothing in norse religion is even like a rule there are no rules mm -hmm. like even our equivalent of say like a bible type like commandment type thing that would be for us uh havamal it's uh a poem that is uh it's the sayings of the high one that's what mm -hmm. the name is and it's essentially uh, Odin, the highest deity, sort of telling humanity his advice from his wisdom on, like, how to live life like a pretty cool dude and, yeah. like, <laughs> be wise and not an idiot. And most of it's, like, really commonsensical, but at the same time, like, obviously very good advice. Like, hey, don't drink too much when you're in an unfamiliar place. Yeah. I bet a lot of college students could benefit from that yeah. one. Or, like, maybe don't, like... <laughs> Maybe if you're, like, going out to the field, probably bring your weapons with you when you're a Viking warrior way these back are, in the day or stuff These like are holy that. words? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I would consider them to be, but they're all, they're, they're advice. Like, mm -hmm. I can choose to follow them or not. Like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I listened to our last show. You, you were talking a lot about yeah, how it's got to be personal. Uh, do you find that other religions have that sort of flexibility? Oftentimes not. I mm -hmm. personally, this is my own personal sure. view, not speaking for anyone, I believe that religion 
spirituality is what you have yourself and then religion is what um, the organization becomes and i don't like any religious organization i probably wouldn't even join one that was like a heathen organization because in my mind whenever you start to like everyone feels the desire to organize to have a group to have Mm -hmm. something bigger than yourself a community obviously those things are great but i think you can find a much better community if you don't have a central structure to it because once you get that then power starts coming into play, influence. Like, I'm sure a long, long time ago, the first churches were probably pretty cool. And then, you know, a couple of years later, they start getting a little bit of political power. How cool would it be if you could have a, if you could belong to a church and then also go to other churches when you wanted? Just because you need a little extra something, you know, something different. I mean, yeah. I think like flexibility and non-rigidness are what make things a lot better. No, I don't uh, organize it like that's the, yeah, it's the organization thing. It's you just subscribing to the community mm -hmm. as opposed to freely, you know, following your spirituality. I definitely have found a lot more of that flexibility in the pagan community. But that doesn't mean by any means that uh, a Christian person or a Muslim person or a Hindu person Mm -hmm. couldn't be just as flexible with their faith or spirituality. For the most part, I haven't seen that, but I don't know too many. So, you know, I don't want to speak for anyone. Oh, boy. (coughs) Do you know of any um, worst offenders? Least personal practices? How do you mean? Oh, boy. (laughs) <laughs> um i don't know ones that allow for the least um you know personal growth or uh uh shit what's the word uh the word's escaping freedom me. freedom sure a little bit more a little bit more group think a little less individuality well oh man i don't Ooh, yeah with, yeah don't want to okay. don't want to offend anyone mm. but i will Nobody's say listening that to this. uh <laughs> I will say that, for the most part, I mean, you see it in the Middle East all the time, like, Islam, for the most part, is a very, very rigid religion. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I hope I wouldn't offend anyone by saying that. I feel like that's more of a like fact. Yeah, I feel like that's I feel like even, like, good, wonderful Muslim people would agree, yeah, it's a pretty rigid it's, religion. Yeah. It's not super flexible. I'm disciplined for a reason, buddy. Yeah, uh. I, I'd hope they'd value that, um, but... You see it all the time, like, these different groups that are, like, very, very distinct, completely just going to war with each other because, oh, you can't do it a different way, you know? Are those examples, I mean, in most cases anyway, are those examples of the bad apples kind of being the louder ones in wartime situations? Uh, it doesn't... Yeah, in some ways. Like, all right, so take... The rise of ISIS, for example, ISIS was kind of just swept in because, you know, one, the group of Muslims they represent were not having a great situation when the sort of power shifted over there. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily that all of them wanted to go to war and do all these awful things, but they were like, hey, if we get left alone to live our lives in peace, what do we care what they're doing over there in the cities and stuff? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that. Is... Is power problematic? Is striving so like 
I think that there should never, ever, even for a second, be any political power in a religion. I think that religion needs to be as far away from politics as possible. Sure. I mean, in general, is so... I, you know, I find if I'm the chillest motherfucker out there, if I'm the most indifferent, if I could be comfortable anywhere, I think that's a strength. But uh, there are a lot of people that want to squash that. And I think they're more, uh, you know, able to do so. Do, do you know what I mean? Kind of. So let me put it another way. It's a little harder to steer the canoe when your general attitude is to go with the flow. That's true. That's true. So, I don't know. I, I just feel like the, the power aspect, the kind of go-getter aspect is, um, I don't know, icky. It's icky. That's fair. I mean, like, you can't... I kind of get what you mean. Like, you really can't get, like, a ton done without getting your hands dirty, so to speak, yeah. sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you look at guys like... Let's let's look at Genghis Khan for an example. That guy got something done. So he got a lot done. Uh, a lot of it was horrible, and yet he's like the national hero of Mongolia. He's got like a giant hundred foot tall silver statue. I mean, on the one hand, founded largest land empire in history. On the other hand, raped and killed so many people that the carbon emission levels of the earth actually dropped during his time yeah. period. I was about to ask you if that was true. That is true. That's insane. Like, I mean, it probably wasn't all him. There's lots of other factors, disease, other wars, and other parts of the world. People too. died for other reasons, sure. Yeah, like <laughs> plenty of them. But at the same time, just quite the chaotic time period. Yeah. So, what do you think um, the most you know undertold or underrepresented story of I don't know recent world history is recent world history under relatively um, recent oh geez i mean there's a lot i mean a big one that hasn't gotten very much attention recently is you know russia and ukraine mm -hmm. that one's like kind of close to my heart because i've got ukrainian family but uh like well i mean more like yeah more like i don't know Last yeah. thousand years or so. Oh, last thousand yeah, yeah. years. Well, that's that's not quite recent, but I mean, on a geological time scale, it is. Yeah. But in terms of human history, that's quite a long time. Last thousand years, most undertold. Last couple know. hundred. You have a favorite? I mean, my favorite era of history is the Viking era. I've studied almost everything about that time period, but um, that's pretty well told overall. One of my favorite stories that doesn't get told a lot mm -hmm. is the Viking era uh, is generally held to end in 1066 after the Battle of Stamford Bridge, mm -hmm. where uh, the army of Harald Hardrada, uh, the Norwegian king, was defeated. Um, but how the actual story of that battle goes... Uh, the Anglo-Saxon army actually took the Norwegian army by surprise, and the Norwegian army retreated over Stamford Bridge. And on Stamford Bridge, one man, a single berserker wielding a huge Dane axe, according to the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle, stood his ground, and all the Norwegians had time to like get into their armor and get ready and everything. And this man, this one man held off the entire... Anglo-Saxon army like it's an actual like kung fu movie. one man army story 
well, because the bridge is narrow. Only like four or five dudes could get across at once. So this one warrior is just holding the bridge for hours, and apparently he killed over like 60 men before mm-hmm. an Anglo-Saxon soldier went under the bridge, like floated under the bridge in a barrel and shoved a spear up through the planks into him Damn. to mortally wound him. But this guy's name is lost to history. No one knows what it is. And I think that's a tragedy. Cause yeah. He's a freaking legend. He's a berserk. Like, we call him Dave? Nah, I probably wouldn't. Probably I, not it's Dave. It's not super Norse. It's not yeah. a very Norse name. <laughs> not Zach. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just think those one-man army stories are always, like, the coolest thing. Like, Are just, there lots of them? Well, there's a good number throughout history. I mean, not all of them are, like necessarily one. one man not not all of them have odds like that but like there's a pretty famous story from japan in the genpei war mm-hmm. where was it, was it gem or get I, I can't remember it's one of the two it's not important anyway uh it's like one of the big first really huge samurai conflicts and there's a story of this uh this one warrior who holds the gate while the enemy army is outside and he gives like his 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 master, his daimyo, enough time to, like, I think commit ritual suicide, the, the seppuku mm-hmm. ritual. Sure. And I'm pretty sure that's how the story goes, but the dude had, like, 60 arrows sticking out of him by the time he finally, <laughs> like, died. He was just Jesus. holding this bridge off against this whole army. What is it Not taking all a those, person? All those probably weren't in his flesh. They were probably sticking out of his armor. Samurai armor is pretty strong. Okay. But some of them were probably, like, actually in him. The amount of, I don't know, man, that, that takes so much. That goes back to what I was saying earlier. I feel like one arrow would be cool piecing out. I was thinking the other day, uh, it'd be super cool to, it's going to be very nice when you take that last breath and be like, I'm done fighting. Especially if you're sick, you're hurt, you're bleeding out, you're freaking out. And you go, no, dude, like, you know when you're lifting weights and you're going for, I don't know, three more reps. And then you get to the point where like, it's, it's not happening. And you just let go and it, the weight drops and you're done. Kind of. You kind of, it's a, I, I mean, I'm familiar I with it. Use ways. <laughs> it's uh to fight and be like, I'm going to, I'm going to get through this. We're going to be okay. And then to finally just go, oh, I'm not going to be okay. Oh no. Relax. Oh God. That's going to be so great. Not that I'm looking forward to death, but, that's going to be uh, quite the stress relief, I think. Uh, it'd probably be a relief. Yeah. A relief. I can certainly see feeling that. Mm-hmm. You know, I know I've got another friend who's in the National Guard. Or, uh, he's in, he's actually uh, deploying soon. Um, and he wants to he wants to go die out there. Really? Do you do you share the same sentiment? I mean, when I first joined, kinda, yeah, a little bit. I mean, sometimes, sometimes that's just how it is when you've, when you've sort of got a warrior's heart in your chest. You right. Just, yeah, that's why I ask. You're not like... There might have been a time where I was, quote-unquote, looking for death, but, like, you're only really looking for that when you've got nothing to lose. Like, when you've got a lot in your life yeah. to come back to, then you, d- you don't feel that way anymore. I mean... Yeah, I don't think he's like... It's not like being looking to die, but I think that's kind of how he wants to go more or less. Oh yeah. No, I definitely get that. You don't, you just, you want to die, die a good death. Yeah. 
in the old days they called dying dying in bed at home a straw death okay he died on a bed of straw yeah. so uh i definitely get that i kind of agree i mean at this point in my life i'm thinking hopefully i can survive my war days and if i do great if i don't that's fine too probably let's let's hope that hope and i die a good death but uh, yeah, me too. If I make it through that, I'll just when I start to get old, I'm just gonna go fight a bear. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. If I win, I beat a bear. And if I lose, <laughs> I died fighting a bear. Either way, it's a win-win. <laughs> you think a bear would put up a fight? Yeah, I, mean, I would think so. It's probably gonna probably swap bear. me once probably and I'll bear. be dead at like age seventy. News story reads: A seventy-year-old man attempts to fight bear. Do you have a stance? Here's another one of those like. Real uh, divisive, silly arguments. Do you have a stance in the old uh, who would win in a fight, a bear or a gorilla? Probably a bear. You think so? Mm, gorillas are strong, but like bears got like teeth and claws. Gorillas don't. Gorillas have teeth. Well, they have teeth, yeah. Gorillas have, have some teeth. badass teeth. Bears are bigger, though. I mean, bears, like you get a polar bear, that's the largest land predator that exists. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Still? Mm-hmm. Even though they're they're getting real thin, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that is unfortunate. Well, I mean, I don't know. I feel like a not that I've got a hard, steadfast stance, but like, I feel like a, a gorilla would be more inclined to fight until it drops. Mm, like a I bear might run away. Bears are pretty smart. They're not really gonna. They don't generally want to like. Fight to the death mm-hmm. usually, not even usually in conflicts with other bears. Yeah, primates have more of, or uh, are, are even more territorial, honestly. So, gorilla, you're, you might be right, but male gorillas, I don't think usually fight species that aren't gorillas. Yeah, well, they probably don't so run think, into bears often. Yeah, I think that whole, <laughs> I, I, I bet they just like sniff each other for a while, just like try to figure out what the hell the other yeah. one was. That'd be so strange. I'm not even sure they'd be aggressive toward one another unless they were fighting over like a food resource or something. Well, uh, you know, you just noted that they're pretty territorial. They felt like they were being encroached on. Perhaps. 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 I'm I still a... feel like a huge like Kodiak bear would win though. Yeah, like, you're probably right. Gigantic. These things are enormous. Have you seen um <laughs> They're trying to get this this megalodon craze going again. Mm-hmm. Have you seen a lot of it? That's so silly, man. I think they're they're coming out with a movie. Have you seen the ads for it? Yeah. Well, I thought it was a TV show. I guess it's like called the I've Meg. Seen, uh, yeah, a it's couple just, of things. It's gonna look. God, it's gonna be so it's Jaws. Silly. Just how can we how can we do that again? How can we one up that shit? It's gonna be a really silly movie, but the concept of the megalodon oh, still exists. Terrifying. It's terrifying and completely likely. So completely likely it's it's totally scientifically plausible there's a species of whale that we know that megalodon used to eat Mm -hmm. it was one of its prey items and scientists thought it went extinct it didn't the whale like or megalodon the whale that megalodon that was one of megalodon's prey items but they thought it went extinct millions of years ago but it turns out it didn't it like they like found some they washed up on the shore in New, Mm. new zealand or something and so, like, it's totally likely that species we thought were extinct have actually just moved to deeper water. So it's perfectly likely that Megalodon's still out there. Do you know of any 
it would be hard for it to maintain though because it's so huge it's gigantic so it would hard i would imagine it's only real difficulty would be finding enough food but do you know what uh, they ate other than this whales like whales in general one of their badass to eat whales their hunting strategy was basically the same as great whites where Mm -hmm. they would like strike from below they would like literally come up from the deep and just like take a gigantic uber bite that's so horrifying and just let their prey bleed to death and then tear it apart later after it died that's such a terrifying way i know to, uh... the ocean's terrifying it's metal it's so metal <laughs> what's the most metal thing about the ocean oh god if you play death metal underwater you will summon sharks that's real they're attracted <laughs> to the sound they <laughs> Like, it's so awesome. I love it. Is there... That's, like, the metalest thing ever. Is there videos of this? Yeah. There, I was watching uh, a Shark Week. No, there's not. A couple years ago. And they were, like, playing... They had speakers underwater. And they were just, like, blasting sound. Like, you can't really, like, hear it. You sure. can't hear what the sound is. Gotta take is, their words for it a little it bit. it travels in the water. And they were like, what do you think we're playing down there to, like, attract the sharks? So we're playing death metal. And I was just <laughs> like, that's the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> that's... That's a really good answer to the question, what's the most metal thing about the ocean? Sharks like metal. I think the scariest thing is just, like, if you're in open water, I think what it is, the most terrifying thing, something can come from any direction. Mm -hmm. Like, when you're on the ground and you're, like, in the forest, and sure, there's dangerous predators, you're still, like, nothing's going to shoot up from the the ground ground and get you, and probably nothing's going to come from above either. You just got the sides to worry about. You just, you have less to worry about. But when you're in the ocean... A, you're not the top of the food chain anymore. B, you can't breathe. C, you can't move well. And then D, uh, something could come from literally anywhere and attack you. That's the most horrifying thing I've never thought about. That's awful. I um, I, <laughs> I really, you know, after I got on that stance about, yep, there are videos here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I told you. Yeah, that sucker will definitely be in the, the show links on Twitter. At the Jack Lagoon. Course. Yeah, I want to be careful not to get too uh, too sad here with the whole taking your last breath. Thing. But I always thought it'd be very cool to if if you to look out on the ocean and see the blue of the ocean as far as you can see, and the blue of the sky as far as you can see, all around. Which means it's all blue. The only thing you see is blue. That'd be I think that'd be so trippy, but. Problem is, uh, there's got to be nothing around. Yeah, you got to be by yourself. There can't be a boat obscuring it. There can't be land in the back. Can't so be any clouds. So you're gonna die. Mm. Is kind of the thought, um, which would be uh, not 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 the worst way to go. Um, but I think now, after having heard you say that, uh, that adds a lot of tension. Yeah, that's a lot of lots of nervousness. Like, it's fine if the sharks pick you apart after you're dead, but, like... Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Bring it to me. After the... <laughs> Until then, though, you might just be, like, trying to peacefully enjoy your life, yeah. and then, like, this tentacle Float just on your back. grabs you, pulls you down, <laughs> and then you're just scared for the, your last moment. Well, it just sucks. Uh, Cthulhu's got you. That'd be... Would you rather get got by Cthulhu... Probably Megalodon. Yeah, probably Megalodon. Yeah, it feels like it'd be quicker. Yeah. Like play just, with you a little less. It'd be just one bite. I mean, yeah. you would, you, a human is going to fit inside like, Megalodon's uh, jaws. You're going like to be Geppetto. Just Geppetto? Swallowed whole. My confusing stories? Geppetto is like Pinocchio's maker. So he was he in the, the whale, right? No. No? I don't think so. <laughs> I thought there was a part of Pinocchio where they wound up 
and a whale. I don't remember that. No, no, I'm not that right. familiar with Pinocchio. Though. I'm not either. Yeah. Okay. So you know, a little bit of more reading I was doing. Uh, I saw that the military didn't greenlight uh, Thor's hammer on gravestones. Um, is there a specific way you want to be kind of disposed of, other than sharks hmm. dismembering you? No, I don't want sharks dismembering me. Um, be pretty metal though. I, it would be pretty metal. I actually thought they did approve the Thor. Oh, did they? Grid. They. You might be right. If you okay. read something recently, I'm gonna go ahead and take your word for it because it's been a long time since I've read anything about that. I actually thought that they did, but I could be totally wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, that is just for military gravestones, right. like a, right, a right. gravestone in a quote unquote like military uh, cemetery, mm-hmm. like Arlington or something like that. I probably wouldn't want to be there anyway. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't either. Funeral rites are kind of like, I don't know. There's something I've thought about a lot like mm-hmm. for a long time in, um, in heathenry, I guess in, in like the old times, the old, good old heathen times, the Viking age, there's a couple, a lot of different methods of, uh, funeral. The most well-documented is Ahmed Ibn Fadlan, who was a, one of the, a scholar for the, for the Sultan at the time. He encountered a tribe of the Rus okay. Vikings on the banks of the River Volga. Now, what, what are Rus Vikings? Just <clears throat> like Swedish Russian Vikings, basically As Swedish to Vikings who had just territorial already been through Russia. Okay, um, they were just yeah. Other like Russia Vikings. was founded by the Vikings. Like the Kievan Rus, the the three brothers, mm-hmm. the statue of the three brothers in Kiev, Ukraine. They're Vikings. Okay. Like, they're in a Viking longship. They're Vikings who went down there and founded that nation. So, the like the original line of the Tsars in Russia was uh-huh. actually Scandinavian for quite a while. Really. And they slowly dropped Scandinavian names and religion and adopted the Slavic ones. So when was that? That was oh geez that would be. Uh, 800s to 900s approximately. Like, okay. I, I could get more exact dates if I looked it up. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's not precisely my area of expertise, mm-hmm. but I know I think Vladimir the first was the first one to like Christianize, drop the old uh, the Norse religion. Actually, it wasn't the Tsars weren't worshiping the Slavic religion. It was actually the Norse religion because they were Vikings. I believe it was Vladimir the first, but I could be wrong. Could be wrong. But um so funeral, Ahmed yeah. Ibn Fadlan uh he's part of a merchant uh merchant expedition and he's there to trade furs with them but mm-hmm. he ends up arriving at a very auspicious time because their chieftain has died so oh no he actually gets to observe their entire funeral process and it's super duper well documented he documents like everything about it and Nothing in his account is too far fetched. It's too unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It all it all sounds pretty plausible. Obviously, the real truth of it might be lost to history. Who knows? Sure. But for the most part, everything in his account sounds very matter of fact, very believable. Not injected with a lot of propaganda one way or the other. So, what's the account? Um, you can actually look it up online. It's it's available almost anywhere. But for the most part, he um. He sees that they separate the chieftain's body. They uh, sort of bury it for, I, I believe it was nine days while they prepared his funeral clothes. And like, what uh, do you mean they separated his body? Just like from the rest of the group, oh, from okay. the settlement. Like they just okay. 
They didn't dismember his body. No, no. They had their own area for <laughs> okay. it. That's what I mean. Um, there was a big celebration, feasting. Um, I know part the parts of his account that really stick out, and they actually featured all of these exact details mm-hmm. in History Channel's Viking series, okay. which is pretty popular. I mean... I love it, but at the same time, it's also sometimes difficult for me to watch as yeah. a scholar because I'll just be pointing out things it's left dramatic. and right. Yeah. I'll be like, oh, they're messing up the chronology on this yeah. and this and this. They're kind of just smashing all of Viking history together into one storyline. But um, they have some of the like shocking details, I guess, for our modern. They actually ask a uh, like a female slave or the the like household slave serf um thralls would be the the Norse word for it uh who, if someone would will die with their master to like go to Valhalla with him okay so it's since someone volunteers so that's a pretty interesting point i mean in Norse culture up there like human sacrifice happened but it was, for the most part, voluntary. If it wasn't voluntary, it was mm-hmm. criminals and or prisoners, sure. one of the two. But for the most part, it was deemed... Bad it was, apples. It was seemed like um, in order for it to be a sacrifice, someone had to willingly sacrifice. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm actually giving something up here rather than just, you know... Oh, that person got to be so dumb. Eh, I mean... Dark times, I mean, they probably didn't have much better options yeah. for the most part yeah. sometimes. Dying in battle. I mean, dying for sacrifice, it's kind of the same. It's dying sort of for the sacrifice. Same concept. You're sacrificing oneself so, for the um, battle. The the female slave was then treated like royalty for, like, the duration of oh, hell yeah. the, the time. Like, she could just, like, do whatever she wanted, have sex Rags with whatever she wanted. Like, get all the drink, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Uh at the end of that time she's uh ritually killed mm-hmm. and then placed on the the ship the long ship with her master i don't believe the long ship was on the water in that account i believe the ship was actually on top of a pyre so mm-hmm. then the okay. whole thing is burned and but so not on water not on water in that case okay i do believe that the uh Usually, actually, ship burials were mm-hmm. done not on the water, as far as I, hmm. I know. Well, I shouldn't say that. I should say Usually. the ones that we have evidence of were okay. not. So, older burials, we actually have a lot of, like, Anglo-Saxon ship burials at, like, Sutton Hoo. Uh, the Sutton Hoo ship is really famous. The whole burial complex there, like, ancient heathen Anglo-Saxon kings in England before they converted to, because... The Angles and the Saxons were originally Germanic tribes that came over there and invaded, like, Celtic Britain. Mm-hmm. Um, so they all have really very heathen grave goods and all that, and those ships were just buried. And it's actually the same in Scandinavia. There's several very large, prominent ship burials where the ship itself is just buried with all the grave goods and the bodies interred huh. on it. And then uh, smaller Viking graveyards, there's actually... Um, like Little stone ships. ships, sort of, so to speak. Like the gravestones are sort of arranged like a small ship mm-hmm. around the body. So it's sort of this around that, the body. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, like around where the body is buried. Like, yeah, yeah. I like should a, say almost like so a, like a halo. Yeah, just like a like a ship, a, an elongated. Like they ship drew shape. a ship 
with rocks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's sort of this belief that the ship is the vessel that carries you into the Mm -hmm. afterlife, so to speak. Um, If they were doing the the traditional Viking funeral, burning it on the water, mm -hmm. uh, would there be any real evidence of that? I mean, parts of the ship might survive. It would probably break apart at a certain point of burning before the whole the whole thing would not be consumed. It would probably just end up as wood wood uh, pieces at the bottom of the ocean. But it would probably burn to the point that the body was consumed by the fire before it broke apart. Yeah, but even if it did break apart, metal and wood would survive that. Metal wood. Well, the wood would survive, too, but it'd be gone by now. Yeah, and it it just wouldn't look like a ship anymore. For example, like, would they have evidence of other sunken Viking ships? Like, there's this one harbor in Scandinavia where they deliberately sunk ships to make defenses. So, and they found those. What? And they, like, sunk ships to make, like, a defensive harbor. So they deliberately like scuttled ships so that the shipwrecks would be at the bu- in Were underneath they the water, coming above the water. It would just be like high enough in the water oh, that okay. like if a ship were to try to enter, it would hit the bottom. I see. So that's how that would work. That's cool. Yeah, that seems effective. So like some of those ships are actually in like the museums in Scandinavia where they've brought them back up and restored mm-hmm. them as best they can. So I know you've super cool. you've talked about some of these museums before on the show. Have you gotten the chance to go out to any of them? I haven't, but I'm hoping here in the next year or two, I might get the chance to head over there to Scandinavia and check them out. Do you Um, think we have that opportunity with the Army? No. No? (laughs) No. That'll probably be on my own time, personal personal thing. Uh, Even if I was over there with the Army, we wouldn't wouldn't get to go do that. (laughs) It'd be way too busy. So, personal thing, uh, would you go alone? Would, I go Would you take that, that journey yourself? Oh, if I could, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I would think so. That seems like a... One of, my, one of my big life goals is to spend, like, a lot of time in Scandinavia because I want to get, like, a master's certification from the Academy of Viking Martial Arts in Norway mm-hmm. where they teach uh, Laos Talk Glima. Glima mm-hmm. is... It, it the word glima means flash and it mm-hmm. refers to uh wrestling grappling and also martial art that's traditional in scandinavia all the way back to the viking age and it's not taught basically anywhere outside of scandinavia like i yeah. looked for schools all over the country <laughs> of america and so where'd you find the schools one. uh i looked online for like where they taught it uh-huh uh after i i kind of heard about the existence of the martial art by chance because i'm a martial artist i right. practice a lot of different martial arts and so after that i was trying to do research on it and i found this one school called the academy of viking martial arts where they teach a very much like self-defense like modern combat as well as ancient combat mm-hmm. oriented style of it so they like use like viking weaponry in their like practice so i thought that was super cool and i really want to like actually be able to train there yeah that would require like significant time over there so that's the trouble like like years and years of time probably i mean it usually takes at least a few years to master any kind of martial art so there are schools you haven't gotten to practice this domestically because there are just no no I mean, I've been able to learn a few techniques from like online, like videos YouTube, yeah, <laughs> and stuff like that. But like stuff that they've posted, their mm-hmm. their videos, 
So you can you can study the technique, but you don't get the chance to really like practice it unless you're there. Do you still get the opportunity to practice martial arts? Me? Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Whenever I can, usually I just do it as sort of both like meditation mm -hmm. and fitness and all that stuff. I just do it in my day-to-day -day routine. I'll just like take some time. Even if I'm watching TV, I'll just like flip on the TV and I'll just get up off the couch and I'll like shadow box or mm -hmm. I'll get like a training weapon out and just do forms and techniques and just practice. That's I just, fun. I can kind of just turn my mind off and just do it by routine at this point. Is it is it difficult? Um, is that something that's often practiced solo? Mm, I mean, yeah, obviously training's always better if you have like a, a training partner, but mm -hmm. it's, it's good to be able to practice alone and just like do your own thing mm -hmm. too as well. Have it personal. Is it, I don't know. Is it like as enjoyable? Do you get to do it with others much? No. Do you belong much. to a school at all? Not right now. Yeah. I don't, I don't do any formal training at the moment just cause I'm too busy with work and the military and mm -hmm. all that stuff. But uh, I'm hoping once I can get things settled down, I can actually go back to uh, the school I used to practice at, which is uh, Krav Maga Worldwide. Krav Maga okay. is actually the Israeli hand-to-hand -hand combat system. So it yeah. was invented in Israel. Super badass. It's, they're so tough. It's awesome. It was the first martial art I really, like, trained seriously in. Mm -hmm. I trained for three or four years, like, very intensely before I had to cut off due to school. But... What drew you into Krav Maga? Um, at the time, I was really just looking for the most badass martial art I could yeah. find, and it fit the bill. So Why is that the most badass? It's like, sort of because it doesn't really treat itself like a martial art. It treats itself huh. like a hand-to-hand like -hand combat system. So it's not really, it's not meant for sports. It's not meant for, like, going into the ring with someone else. It's meant for, like, real situations, and, like, the battlefields and stuff. Or like street defense. It's made for crushing skulls. Yeah. Hitting the balls, gouging out the eyes, striking oh, the shit. throat, all that. <laughs> yeah, okay. I remember this is an experience that That's sticks brutal. with me for like I tell the story all whenever I talk about it. Um we were doing like we were being taught like ground fighting or something mm -hmm. like that. And one of our instructors is just like, all right, guys, I'm going to teach you the proper way to rip out a human throat with your teeth <laughs> so you don't hurt your teeth. And I was like, all right, damn. Well, shit. And? Well, you just got to, you know, like, bite into it and then tear, like, sideways so, like, your teeth saw like out. Kind of like a shark. Just okay. Just be a shark. Okay. Just don't, shark like, somebody's pull. Throat. You got to, like, rip. <laughs> what would you? Don't rip? No, no. Rip, don't pull. Oh, okay. If you pull, then you're just going to, like, yank your own teeth I out. I see. You got to, like, like, cock your head a little bit. All like, right. <laughs> let's, let's hope it never comes to that. That seems yeah. like that'd be uh, Hopefully traumatic. Not. A little bit, probably. <laughs> I, I'd be more worried about their blood being dirty or something. I'd be like, oh, <laughs> let me go get tested now. Damn. When would that be the best move? I don't know. Like, All right. Um, I'm out of other options. Yeah. Like, Balls and eyes aren't an option anymore. There's like a great scene in The Walking Gotta go Dead for the jugular. where uh, Rick like tears out a dude's throat. Like the whole time that scene was happening, I was like, tear out his throat, Rick. Do it. <laughs> and then he did it. And I was like, yes. You ever seen MacGruber? Yeah. That's yeah, a yeah. running gag of MacGruber. I don't remember the movie that well, but... He, yeah, he he's gets like it, a he? fish hook glove and like he has like <laughs> fish hooks in his hand and he's <laughs> pulling them out. It's ridiculous. Uh, that movie was silly. That is a silly movie. 
So um, a little bit more that I wanted to. I don't think we ever really got much into the occult. Yeah. We touched on it a little bit before. Uh, it's something that I really like, fascinated at the idea of. But it's always a fun time, the occult. Yeah, right. Just messing with it in graveyards I in the middle of the night. Don't know that much Great about plan. it. Um, so it means, I guess, hidden the, in plain sight. Yeah. Yeah. The definition of what someone might consider a cult kind of varies person to person. Like, I would assume, again, not mm-hmm. trying to speak for anyone here, a, a Christian person might consider everything I do a cult. Right. Like. They might just lump I feel that like that's in just as though. a big, like, negative term for all things that are, like, demon worship or, yeah. or whatever, you know. Um, I guess it kind of just refers to mm, magic, witchcraft, the taboo, mm-hmm. things that people aren't really used to. Usually when I think of the occult, I don't think of, like, the normal magical things most pagan folk do. I don't think of it at all as the occult. When I think of the occult, usually I think of, like, Ouija boards and, um, like, the taboo stuff, I guess. Because, like, necromancy is pretty taboo for most (laughs) folks. Like, most of us still don't mess with that unless we're being really careful. Which is spells? Necromancy is anything that involves trying to communicate or manipulate the dead. So, mm. like a Ouija board, mm. or like anything you're about to do in a graveyard at night with some kind of <laughs> departed spirit. Like, I'm a I'm a skeptical man. I always believe in science first. Even my own personal mm-hmm. religion is very, very much intertwined with science. And if science ever just religion for my spirituality, it sort of fills in the the void where science. Mm-hmm. can't explain yet and if science ever disproves me i'll probably side with science yeah. because science is provable yeah so i'm i'm a very scientific man but i've seen some stuff for a long time i didn't believe in like ghosts and that sort of side of the supernatural mm-hmm. i didn't believe in that sort of thing but i've i've had a few experiences okay that are that are pretty spooky i i'm asking about the occult because i'm interested uh i'm i'm a I'm. I feel like I'm less scientific. I feel like I'm more gullible in that sense. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I always drawn line at ghosts. I, I don't get it. I think uh, they're kind of silly. So I want you to change my mind right now. All right. All right. All right. Um. Because I. Oh, I'm gonna tell my favorite story about this. Then give it to me. Uh, it actually takes place in Muncie, right by our okay. by our lovely Ball State. Um. There's a graveyard. I don't remember the name of the graveyard, and that's so dumb of me because I've been there so many times, and <laughs> I feel bad about that. But right off, um, you know that train, those train tracks that run right through like Jackson Street, like mm-hmm. really, really close to campus on like, oh god, it's right by, mm, it's right past that CVS. Bother me. Yeah, it's by that CVS. Those train tracks. You follow that. The other way, going away from CVS, you go through, like, this plaza. It's got, like, a name. Like, ah. It's going to bug me. I'm going to, I'm gonna like, remember it like, okay. later today. And it's going to be like, damn it. That was it. Anyway, we'll right over those train backs. Those train tracks <laughs> go over the river. Uh, the creek. Sure. It's a, it's a river. The White River. Yeah. And um, on the other side, you can sort of hop the fence into mm-hmm. this really, really big, really nice graveyard. It's got, like, a big gate where you're supposed to go in normally. We didn't do that. So it was, like, my freshman year at Ball State. It was probably, like, the year you and I met. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I did the podcast, but it was early. Was it early? Yeah, it was earlier in the year. And, um, we were all just hanging out at one of our, one of our friends houses, just like just normal friends drinking night. Like, yeah. Playing some board games, drinking a little bit, little talking, board. And good stuff. Nah, not that. It was like Munchkins or Cards Against Humanity or something. And then someone's like, "We should go on an adventure." It's like one thirty in the morning at this point, and everyone's like, "Yeah, heck yeah, let's <laughs> go on an adventure, of course." And so someone's like, "Where should we go?" And one of our older, like, friends was like, "We should go to the graveyard." And so we were like, "Heck yeah, that sounds amazing. Where is this graveyard?" So it's like we're gonna make one. Take us. <laughs> uh, we drive over there and then we get out of the cars and head over the train tracks. And it's pretty cool because it's already like over some train tracks. Yeah, the <laughs> that, are, that are over a river. So it's like this really dramatic like railroad bridge over this river. Yeah, it's really cool. I love going there. And we get to the other side and you have to sort of hop down like this concrete like. Arch, like a dam archway okay. like the train tracks go over and then like from the side of the train tracks over here that's where the like concrete arches where you can actually get down onto the fence and then hop down into the actual graveyard so we all make it so it's an obstacle course it's a bit of a process not do you guys everyone. know how you're getting out at this point it seems like it'd be no, difficult I, would, to I just assume the same way because yeah. i'm athletic Okay. So for me, it's super duper easy. It's like uh, one little hop and a leap and I'm okay, over. So okay. But not everyone in the group was so athletic, so it was a bit of a struggle for a while. Mm -hmm. We don't need to go and into that. We don't need to go into that part. Um, so we all get in eventually. Uh, and we're walking around. At this point, I'm still in the department. Like I don't really believe in like ghosts or mm -hmm. that they can affect people in the physical world or anything like that. So we're just walking around. We're not really doing anything. We don't really have a plan once mm -hmm. we're in here for any specific activity we're going to do. So we're just walking around. Uh, they, For some reason, some of the people in the group started singing that like hanging tree song from The Hunger Games, which is kind of creepy. Okay. But eh, uh, that's what we did. Yeah. I wasn't. Uh, one or two of our friends who were uh, empathic, they were very... I'm not even sure how to describe what empathic is. Just like feeling energies and feelings from other people, like they're your own kind of deal. Mm -hmm. Being able to sense them more, yeah, more strongly than other normal people can. Yeah, sure, sure. And um, so they're like, they're like making some signs. They're like protecting themselves. We're like, what are you doing? We're like, we can see some like dark energies over there, some like dark figures. And so we're like. I don't see anything, so it must be fine. So I was just, I was just skeptical. I was yeah. just like, "Oh, all right, you you're do that, being silly." Um, so we walk around for a little while, and we're sort of heading back towards where we came from. When I actually took a little pause by some military groups, I wasn't in the military mm -hmm. yet because I was only eighteen, but uh, I was like, "Well, I'm definitely going to join someday." So for a sec, I just want to like offer some respects. Mm -hmm. So that's that's all I was going to do. So I like did a little like this sort of salute thing I sort of do. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, I think I sort of made a bridge to like to the other side, sure. like a connection. Yeah. Cause I was trying to address them at that exact second out of nowhere for no reason. I got the most piercing headache I've ever had in my life. Like it was just the most sharp pain in my brain that I've ever experienced. And I had to drop to a knee. Like it hurt so Jesus. bad. Like I just, I just dropped. I was just like, "Holy shit! What the fuck just happened?" 
So it was, I was like down for like a good five seconds, just trying to like get back. Yeah. And so I stand back up and I've still Did got a dull headache. I've still got sharp pains. Okay. Still got a dull ache going on, but like the sharp pain is over and I just feel kind of weird. I get back up. My one of my friends comes over to get me. I'm just like, yeah. I started telling him about it, like, yeah, I just got this crazy weird head pain. So uh, we leave and we head back to our friend's house. I'm the last one in the door and everything's fine and normal. And then the second I get in the door, her cats are just all over me. They're just like doing circles around me. They're just sniffing at my feet, like trying to find something. Just you. That like just me. And they they like already like knew me, so that sh- that mm-hmm. sh- that was kind of weird. Uh, I felt fu- I felt better. I felt fine. So me and my other friend we left. Uh, the next day I it was like a don't Monday. like the story still going on. Yeah, <laughs> there's more to it. The next day it was like a Monday, and we all met up. And my friend whose house it was, she was like, "Yeah, you like left something in my house. Like something was on you and." got off because it apparently threw all of her stuff off her shelves and she had to like sage bomb her house and banish it (laughs) like whatever it was so Uh, some kind of dark entity kind of like latched onto me i wouldn't have believed it had i not like felt that head pain and all that craziness yeah because it was just out of nowhere there was no reason for it and like since that day like ever since then i've been back to that graveyard a couple times and i can always like I can like feel stuff a little bit more now. I've become a little bit more like only in that graveyard, not just there, like any place like that. It's sort of like it's the best way I can describe it. It's like a cold feeling. Like Mm -hmm. you walk past a certain area and you just feel cold all of a sudden. Yeah, not like those idiot ghost adventure hunters where they're like, "Did you feel that?" It's a cold spot, and the other dude's just like, "You're standing under an air vent, you dumbass." You're paranoid. That shit makes me laugh so hard. It's not like an external feeling; it's an internal feeling of cold, like in your head. Like you've just sensed chilling. Something's there, and like your brain is giving you like a slight fear response to it because that's what a fear response feels like. Is like cold, like something's following me. Oh shit! A little cold chill, like yeah, yeah. We um, yeah, it's the cold. I think a chill is a better word for it. Yeah, like it's than like a cold. Chill. Yeah, yeah. Those ghost adventurers did an episode in a house here in town in Westfield, and um, they had to leave in the middle of the night because they got scared. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did an overnight at this this place in the ba- the same basement. Um, really, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was it was very cool actually. We um, so this was a a local serial killer. Oh. I'm gonna get, yeah. I'm just gonna praise over it. So this is a local serial killer, the late '80s, early '90s. Um, they they potentially it doesn't matter. Like, I think they found nine confirmed people on this property, eleven total. Mm-hmm. It's like two not confirmed and up to twenty-seven kills maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, he would bring them down to the basement where there was this he had a pool in the basement, and then he uh, like fuck him and choke him to death with like a pool hose i think and i feel like i heard about this one. Oh, dude it's or a good one similar oh and then he ditched the bodies in the woods behind his house if you go on do you ever get on the monon no not usually okay. but i've been on the monon part of the monon runs through the backyard wow yeah it's a little spooky yeah it's a it's a final resting place for do, a, at least a dozen local gaming anyway um 
So, uh, yeah, I had the blessing of doing this for, like, a high school broadcasting yeah, team. I definitely know who you're talking about now. Her Baumeister. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of my – we had, like, this whole conversation about serial killers this one time when we were over there. Who knows about him? Uh, some of my low key. squad mates and, like, battle buddies. You yeah. Know, who, like, just – Serial killers. Listen to, like, serial killer podcasts. Uh, I'm getting – I'm so into some right now. <laughs> uh, um, This guy, though, he – so – um. So yeah, we got to, but mm-hmm. this was in high school, right. and we went to school with the guy that lived there. Now, now <laughs> their name is Graves. Their actual name is Graves, and they actually Oof. live on Fox Hollow Farm, which is a Scooby Doo haunted house. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, Dad's name is Rob. His name is actually Rob Graves. <laughs> you can't make this up. It's amazing. I know. And so we're in the basement one night and trying to like, all right, is that a ghost? No, is that a ghost? Mm-hmm. And we heard the sound, and we're like, is that a ghost? And it was just Will, like, fucking with us a little bit. So we set up cameras. We're like, if we're going to get something, we need to make sure it's not Will. So we set up, like, a low-key camera on the stairs coming down, so we knew we were alone. And we did catch something on, on film. Um, there was, a, like, a... I guess everybody heard a door open. I, I missed this, per- personally. But it was enough that they all looked at each other, and Grayson got up and went and checked it out. And I don't know if the door was open or closed, but they all heard it, you know? Um, we went back on the tape and didn't hear anything, but right before Grayson gets up, there was like a, I swear to God, dude, it's like a cartoony ghost sound or like an owl (laughs) right over the, right over the camera. And, uh, that's, I mean, that's the closest I have. And then Will fucking with us all night pretending to be a ghost. Oh man. The best story I've ever heard. Like the most convincing one was actually my platoon sergeant was telling us. Uh, a, a bunch of guys who like stayed up one night instead of going to sleep like these stories about this haunted this straight up haunted house that he and his family lived in for a while mm-hmm. and it was it was easily the most convincing story i've ever had it was there was so much stuff it do you remember like about every it every day i don't want to like try to yeah. share too many of the details just because it might be personal and i don't want to do it but i'm pretty sure one of the parts he said was like like they like had a had a camera at one point like mm-hmm. to like try to record things at one point the camera just like turns yeah. away <laughs> and like no one's home and it's just like, mm. or, like cameras don't do that or like cameras don't know how to turn they were like at one point he was like planning on moving and he like said like i can't wait to get out of this like fucking house before he like left the house mm-hmm. and then when he came home on his his laptop was open it just had the word no typed on it it was just like oh shit never mind they learned to type it was just typing ghosts just like all kinds of stuff like that just like oh man that was easily the most convincing story i've ever heard because what do you think millennial ghosts are gonna be like they're you think gonna they're be... gonna be as spooky no are they gonna play lots of practical jokes i'm just gonna have really bad humor yeah terrible just they're gonna like <laughs> not be scary i'm just gonna like they're gonna try too hard and it's gonna end up cheesy they're gonna try too hard or they're just gonna be like so indifferent yeah. To the whole process. Just be like, Ugh, I'm, I'm sleeping. I'm over Can you this. please keep it down? Yeah. <laughs> so, Being a ghost would be pretty cool. I'd be into that for a while. It'd get boring. Yeah, do you think you'd have to be a ghost forever? Oh, that would suck. I, I, they always say it's like about some unfinished business or something. I'd want to like solve that real quick. I'd, wanna, I'd start like trying to communicate in dreams to someone, mm-hmm. make them think they were like oh, on like God, the their best. own TV special of like ghost, like yeah. the ghost whisper. 
be like, hey, so you need to do this for me so I can like get out of here. Oh, that's so on the nose, though, dude. If you've got supernatural powers, you're going to talk to them in their dream. Like, mm-hmm. I, you got to send them signed, like arrange shit, give them little hints, be real subtle about it. Oh, yeah. oh that would be so much fun. You could enjoy it for sure. You could just trail it on, really drag out the process. Do you think, well, they probably don't decide where they get to hunt. <laughs> hunt? It's probably just some you, place you have like a really close attachment to. Do you to. think if you're a ghost, I'll bet ghosts hate the word haunt. Probably. Like, I'm trying to do my work. I'm not haunting shit. <laughs> I'm trying to avenge my death. Something like that. I'll bet they hate the word haunt. Probably. So, well, uh, yeah. Being ghost would be the coolest for a little bit. I don't know. Once you're dead, is, is it like the alternative would be do something else forever? Yeah. The alternative would be like maybe afterlife if there is one. For sure. Knows? Maybe there's be, not and we're all ghosts. It'd be a good Christian some heaven. Some are like – some are just more prominent than others. But everyone like – there's like a ghost central and everyone's just chilling there and then some people – like high just school, like come back. Go Central High School. Oh man, I would hate for it to be like a high school. I'd imagine it that to is... be more like a community center or something. Okay. Yeah. Well, we 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 just wrote a Nickelodeon show. Go Central High School. It's about to go. It's Ghost High School. Ghost High School. That's all it is. Just for like high schoolers who die. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It'd be a little weird if there were like it's old just people a there. Normal high school, but with little ghost jokes. Like they don't have feet, you know. That's one of the things the people that the Graves family told us is they're like moving in, like like they just got there. They're like painting or something, and she looks out. They've got this big glass window, mm-hmm. like like really long, like stretches like the whole wall. No, she's outside. She's outside on a ladder, and she looks over, and she sees this guy, this boy with a red baseball cap, walking into the woods. And she goes to say something because there's a man in her yard. And then she notices that this boy doesn't have any legs and loses her mind. And she's the only one that really gets anything. Um, she's a little bit more, she's a little bit more, what, in tune? Yeah. She's a little bit em- empathetic? Spiritually receptive. Empathic? I'd go with that. Okay. Yeah. I guess her side of the sink is really, it, like, her sink in, in the master bath mm-hmm. is a hub. She sees a lot of it there. She figures that was probably his bathroom sink. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I'd just be so uncomfortable living in that house. I'd be like, nope, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm either going to literally have sage clothes like constantly yeah. burning, or I'm just going to burn this motherfucker to the ground and then oh build over it. It's called Fox Hollow Farms, dude. I want to do a, a whole podcast about it for oh, Halloween cool. or something. That'd be awesome. There's, there's a apartment over the garage that's a real... Um, see, serious area too. If I were to go like ghost, ghost adventuring, like mm-hmm. deliberately venturing out to like mess with that shit, I'd be, I'd be protected against threats, physical and spiritual. I'd be wearing like full armor, mm-hmm. and I'd be like have like all the charms, <laughs> like have like a sword soaked in some like I don't know spirit water yeah. or something, just whatever I need. I'll see, but if you're going adventuring like that. You wouldn't want the repel. If you're going mosquito hunting, you wouldn't want to wear bug spray. True, but I feel like you want to be bringing on ghosts. Uh, I think ghosts are assholes. It's true. It's, it's, 
partially true. I'd probably just wear like the physical Ooh, protection then, so I'd be like, all right, nothing physically can hurt me right now. Just Do like, the yeah physical protection under a bed sheet. I'd wear like a plate, a like some chain mail with mm-hmm. like bulletproof armor on top, just in case a ghost cool. shoots you. Just in case. Hey, you know it could be some like possessing paranormal activity shit where they true. like possess someone and then they're coming after me with a knife and I gotta be like just like can't hurt me chainmail bitch <laughs> throw over that throw, throw over the stairs over. uh do you would you have any interest in going ghost hunting oh absolutely it'd be no. a good time I think so too would you have any interest in going mosquito hunting mosquito hunting no I don't, probably I don't, not that doesn't sound fun I heard um hey settle settle an argument alright mosquitoes animals yeah, they're animals. They're yeah. insects. Are insects a part of the animal kingdom? Yeah. That's not separate. Animal is like even us. We're all animals. Sure. I, yeah, I, I would acknowledge that we are, but there are... Is the line drawn at vertebrae and vertebrae? Do I remember learning that, or am I now making up rules to justify my stance? Uh, Even invertebrate animals are still animals. Uh, I got no respect for them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, man. Can't respect a jellyfish? No, fuck jellyfish. What about an octopi? octopi? Uh, that's a good point. Octopi are smart. We don't even They don't even have a central nervous system, so we don't know how smart they are. That's a good point. They could be like genius aliens down there just messing with us. What if they're ghosts? They're probably not ghosts, because we can touch them. No, 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 no. What if they're the ghosts that you saw at the graveyard, dude? Octopi? What if, yeah, what if that's their... I don't think that's the case. That's their, their ener- energy? They're transcending water, bro. Probably not. Probably. Yeah, I don't. Unlike. I'm not betting on it. I'm not betting on it either. <laughs> I'm not going to say it's not true because I can't prove it's not, but. Ugh. Jeez. I don't know, man. Um. We didn't. For the third time, we barely touched on the occult. We bit. Yeah, it's true. You got any more questions? Not really. I, I you know, I didn't have that many to start with. I just kind of wanted to follow your lead. Um, I fucking. Where's the best place? How about this? I want to move forward to this podcast, and I don't. A lot of the the guests I have on here are just like friends, mm-hmm. and um, you know, at this point, I'd, I'd probably lump you in the friend column, but you're oh. still a little bit more like specialized and uh, separate from like just doing a podcast with my friend. Yeah. It's kind of angled. And uh, so if I wanted to go find somebody to tell me about the occult, if I wanted to do an occult episode, where would I find somebody? Mm. This is it's called networking, ladies and gentlemen. Because I'm a true professional I think doing the, it on the show. The best place you could look is probably uh, last Saturday of every September is Indie Pagan Pride Day. So in Broad River Park, basically like half the pagans in Indiana assemble and like just have an awesome time. Is it last Sunday or last Saturday? Last Saturday, and it's like the coolest event ever. It's like it's like if a Ren fair and an occult fair got combined. It's so cool. You'll, you'll be able to just walk around and talk to anyone, and they'll have all kinds of myriad experience and beliefs. And I bet you'll find someone in there who's, like, hardcore into the occult. But again... I'm sure I will, yeah. I guess I'm, like, an occult expert if you consider what I do occult. But at the same time, like, 
the stuff that I would consider a cult, I don't really mess with that much. Uh, yeah, I want more what you would consider the occult. All right. I guess what I'd con- like anything like that like falls not just into like the supernatural category, but also like the spooky category. Yeah. Like yeah. messing with the dead, <laughs> like old, like quote unquote satanic ritual. Not really mm-hmm. satanic. Satanists are cool people. But like what like. Let's not use blanket terms here. They're most. Let's not lump people. them all into the cool category. Like all the ones I've met have been cool. <laughs> I give you that. Good old secular humanists. Yeah. Um, but uh, all that stuff, like the like that, like serial killer painting a pentagram in blood on the sure. wall, even though it makes no sense. Well, one of the you know we talked about the listening to the podcast about serial killers and shit. I'm listening to one now. It's it's a couple parts long, but it's about Manson and one mm. of his like parting wisdom. Very. Uh, parting instructions to the family before he set him off was leave something witchy behind. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, dude, something witchy, something witchy, something real witchy dog. Just start some shit. What do people blaming us for stuff? Now I, you use witchcraft. Mm -hmm. Um, is there something, is there something different about, I guess it's not really different. Something witchy. The the reason that they like that he said witchy is because it elicits sort of a fear response. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't associate it kind of at all with fear. No, not at all. I mean, the word witchy or like witchcraft, witchcraft. would only really incite like a fear response from like, you know, your your typical Judeo Christian yeah. worldview type person. Judaism actually has its own occultic tradition. It's called Kabbalah. Um, <laughs> so that's actually pretty cool. They have, like, golems and shit, mm-hmm. like, spells to create, like, these living clay men. That's super awesome. Why? Judaism's pretty cool. I love I love Judaism. Like, Jews are cool people. They're awesome. But, no, go back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> has this the ever clay worked? men? Yeah. So there's actually a lot in, like, jewish tradition about it i know there are a lot of stories i don't know if it i don't think it features anywhere in like the old testament Mm -hmm. or anything like that but i think it's it's more of like a folkloric thing okay not not quite a religious thing it's more their like folklore and they're like folk magic and Mm -hmm. folk wisdom stuff like that um i can't tell you if it's ever worked because i don't know yeah but I, i part of me doubts it but at the same time i would accept it if i saw it with my own eyes yeah, but the the legend is that it sort of like goes out of control. Usually, it's sort of like a lesson about man's like mm-hmm. hubris type deal, and or also just laziness trying to get a clay golem to do your work for you. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I know you like turn it off or like kill it by putting like a uh, like a or you take you, its hard drive out of the back of its neck. You might actually like give it life by putting like a spell in its mouth. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Oh, some like occultic spells from the heathen tradition. This is pretty good. This is my favorite example of occultism of all time. Mm-hmm. Necro pants. <laughs> it's an actual spell. Sounds it's, like a pun. It's part of the Icelandic magical staves, the Galdatastathar. And uh, what it is, is you literally make a pair of pants out of mm-hmm. the flesh of a willing donor of their <laughs> lower body. It specifies willing. I don't... Yeah. There's a real pair of them. There's a real pair at the Icelandic Museum of Witchcraft, which is the coolest place in the universe, and I can't wait to go. Um, and what it is, is you put a gold coin and the spell 
sigil mm-hmm. in the ball sack of the necro pants and then supposedly you will find a new coin there every day and have infinite money essentially <laughs> and it's so cool and there's a real pair and it's been made i don't know if it works i don't think anyone's gonna put those on in their right <laughs> mind but it's real <laughs> do you remember earlier in the podcast when i asked you what you wanted to be when you died necro pants no i don't want to be necro pants ah uh, that'd be that'd, that'd be, be pretty cool yeah it'd be cool it's not for me but it would be cool i'd respect anyone who was I'd, like for sure how disappointed would your mother be oh pretty disappointed probably <laughs> these pants now <laughs> you can literally look up pictures of them they look so creepy do it and show notes oh okay well i think that's probably a good place to wrap it all, all right. right thanks again um no problem fucking, uh why do i never prepare Here was something. Got to introduce that song. Which song? I don't know. <laughs> Felt like I had one yesterday at some point. Um, I don't know, man. Give me the Monomart song. We'll play it out. The Monomart song. Something mm, about. Do they have anything about neck pants? No. How about. Not about necro pants. Group think. All right, first one to get an appropriate song wins. They're the new host of the podcast. I'm trying to just look up like a good song that I really love right now. Um, they're all good. I mean, really, you could just. Pick Are you still any. very into them? Yeah, they're my favorite band. Yeah. Another great band for anyone who's interested is actually Wardruna. They're a Norwegian group and they play pagan folk music. So it's all like traditional sounds traditional music and they sing their lyrics okay. and like norwegian and old norse it's really beautiful i like the sound of that Ooh, uh i'm gonna go with it doesn't sound like super heavy it like it's like no, a real perfect. slow build yeah. very somber very traditional so it's, i'm not sure how well it's gonna work as a like a podcast play out but it's still really beautiful i think rune Liod is pretty good because that's uh they take lines from the Norwegian rune poem. Mm-hmm. That's literally what the song kind of translates to. So it's pretty cool. Perfect. That's it. Thanks, Brian. All right.